Looks like the New Orleans Saints will be without at least one wide receiver to start off week one, but what does that mean for a young rookie looking for a chance? We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints. Put a Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And as always, if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, inside information, early access, and much more, you can head over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints to join a community that I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola, on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can find me as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're going to talk about how the regular season practice schedule as well as game day operations differ uh, from the preseason. We're going to break that down. We're also going to take a look at some of my expected rookie usage for the New Orleans Saints rookies here in 2023. But the first place that uh, I really, really want to start off is with this conversation around the expected absence of Traquan Smith. Now, we got the news around this early on Friday. I ended up cutting in like one minute of an episode just to make sure that you had the news on that. But now let's break down what it means for Traquan Smith, what it means for the New Orleans Saints, and maybe most impactfully, what it means for rookie wide receiver A.T. Perry. So look, I'm on my way back to New Orleans today, flying out, recording early this morning, heading back home to New Orleans. We'll uh, be at practice later on in the day, and then we'll have another live episode in the evening to follow to get you updated on all of this. And so we're going to get a little bit more information as the day goes on when it comes to Traquan Smith and the expectations for the New Orleans Saints, especially when we get the chance to talk to Traquan Smith. But one of the big bottom lines here is that this is a massive opportunity for rookie wide receiver A.T. Perry, who goes from being the effectively sixth wide receiver on the depth chart if Traquan Smith is out to the fifth wide receiver on the depth chart. And that's a big leap for a guy because, look, the sixth wide receiver might have been inactive anyway. So this effectively guarantees a game day debut for A.T. Perry if Traquan Smith is out. And remember, and and, and listen, I, I know that you might say, well, why would Traquan Smith be fifth with A.T. Perry on the roster? A.T. Perry was really good in the preseason. Remember, we're not talking about what we think about the player. We're we're trying to factor in what the New Orleans Saints think about the player. And what they think of Traquan Smith is still very, very, very highly. And and even though you might disagree with that, even though that might not be the way that that you feel maybe it's not the way that I necessarily feel. It is the way that the New Orleans Saints feel. They like Traquan Smith. They love having him out on the field in all the different ways that he can contribute. This now gives A.T. Perry the biggest step forward outside of what he did for himself over the course of the preseason training camp, all of that, to prove, hey, all those things you like about Traquan Smith, 
I can be that too. And it gives him an opportunity to do that. That's a good thing for him. Now, this is tough for Traquan Smith dealing, coming off of the surgery that's basically leading to this. Um, There's a chance that A.T. Perry goes to IR if he's going to miss multiple weeks, but maybe that doesn't happen. If it does happen, then it would make perfect sense to move him to injured reserve, elevate a guy like Jalen Smith, the linebacker, elevate a guy like uh, Shaq Davis, another rookie wide receiver that was very impressive during the preseason training camp, all of that. Those things would make sense in that case, but only if Traquan Smith is expected to miss two or three additional games beyond just week one, because if you're going to miss those four games anyway, you might as well go on injured reserve and then, or put him on injured reserve and give yourself the opportunity to bring another player up. But remember, teams can only bring, I think it's eight players back from injured reserve. Do the New Orleans Saints want to burn one of those spots immediately? Over the course, you know, early on in the season, maybe not. We saw how long they wrestled with that with guys like Marshawn Lattimore last year, right? Whereas he missed 10 games, but never went on injured reserve because they wanted to preserve the opportunity to uh, that he might be back sooner and not guarantee that he was going to be out four games or not be in a situation where they're using up a designated to return spot because you can only do that with so many players. Now, there are a lot of decisions roster management wise that the New Orleans Saints would have to make. And there's already going to be, what, seven inactive players every game anyway, or I guess really technically now it's going to be six active, uh, inactive players every game anyway. So there's not really a rush to put Traquan Smith on injured reserve, though it could make sense if he's going to for sure miss at least the first four weeks of the season. But the Saints may not want to make that decision right now. They might just want to let him be a game day inactive, one of the one of the handful that they're already going to have to have anyway, and then see what happens after week one, how much he's progressed during his surgery, get him back in practice if they can, things like that. So don't be surprised if Traquan Smith doesn't go to injured reserve at the same time. Don't be surprised if he does go to injured reserve. What that would mean for the New Orleans Saints is that they would open up an active roster spot, could move somebody from the practice squad up. They could sign somebody from you know, elsewhere in terms of free agency and add them to the roster as well. It would give them a lot, you know, a little bit more of that sort of, um, I don't want to say variation, but I guess I'll say freedom, right? To move their roster around a bit, which all teams want to do during the first month of the season. So that's where we are with Traquan Smith. We'll see what happens in terms of his potential, potentially going to injured reserve and all of that. Um, But the biggest thing here is that it really opens up opportunities for guys like Keith Kirkwood, as well as A.T. Perry to be on the field more, to get more opportunities in the passing game, not just contributing on special teams, uh, to be able to contribute as blockers in the perimeter running game, all of those things behind, you know, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Rashid Shahid, your big three at the position. Uh, another player that we're going to be keeping an eye out on over the course of this week is rookie running back Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller now dealing with a hamstring injury. He's already dealt with a couple of things. We're going to break down what that could potentially look like here in a moment as we get to our rookie usage and rookie expectations to start 2023. Just how much Kendra Miller might we see early on in the season with the injuries that he's dealing with and which rookie is set to make the most immediate impact and have the most uh, amount of snaps to start the year. Let's look at that as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. I told you all about their best ball 
uh, format in terms of how all that goes. Well, right now, it's time to get in and get started with Underdog's Pick'em game, especially with the NFL kicking off this Thursday, y'all. We are that close. All you have to do is pick two to five players, select whether or not they'll go higher or lower than one of uh, when it comes to one of their stats, and then you'll do what you usually do when it comes to kicking off. You just watch the game. You can win up to 20 times the money that you put down on your first entry. It's legal in over 30 states, and it is such fun to play. Just an individual player projections higher or lower than you get to just enjoy the game. Nice and simple. So when you sign up today, use the promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And not only will Underdog double your first deposit up to $100, but they will also have a Pick'em special live right now where you can join into their Pick'em lobby. Patrick Mahomes has to get just one yard for your projection to be correct. How easy is that? Remember, that's Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with promo code locked on. The link is in the description, or you can scan the QR code if you're watching as well. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. What are the expectations for the rookies here in 2023? Which rookie will have the most impact? Which rookie might we not see at all? We're going to be taking a look, or which highly drafted rookie will we not see at all. We're going to be taking a look at that as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Want to let you know about the Locked on Ultimate NFL Season Preview. It is here and it is seven episodes long. The seven episode extravaganza is bringing you opinions, analysis, and plenty of debate from all 32 of our Locked on local experts, as well as insights from our national experts as well. It is a can't miss series as the season kicks off. I school all the rest of our NFC South Hosts, with the exception of Julian Council. Julian and I were kind of in the same boat uh, the entire time. So go and catch every episode over on Locked on NFL on the YouTube page or wherever you get your podcast. All right. So as we're taking a look at the New Orleans Saints potential, or uh, I guess not really potential rookies, right? The rookies are there, but the expectations for these rookies going into 2023, I went ahead and wrote down sort of what I expect early on in the season from each of the seven drafted rookies from Brian Brzee all the way to A.T. Perry, right? First round to sixth round, all of that. Um, and it is, it, it varies. And and I think a lot of this is, the reason why I highlight the, the fact that it varies is because it's going to be really interesting just to see, especially with the early draft picks, how differently things can be just one round apart from one another and how the rookie that probably gets the second most snaps in, or like offensive or defensive snaps, in the 2023 early going in the season opener, these two players could not be more different from one another in terms of their draft position. So let's go ahead and take a look at this here. Um, the players that I think will get the most snaps to start off in 2023, whether that's offense, defense, and in our rope and special teams as well. On offense, or rather on defense, it's got to be Brian Brzee, right? Brian Brzee is going to see the most snaps. He's going to have the most opportunity to make the most impact. He might not start. In fact, don't expect him to start, but that doesn't mean that he won't play. Remember, this is the New Orleans Saints defensive line, right? Starting merely means you take the first snap on the very first first down on your defensive possession. That's all that starting necessarily means. And you'll probably get the most snaps if you're the starter. But even as a guy that's the second string, quote unquote, you're going to be rotating a lot. You're going to see Colin Saunders and Nathan Shepard, perhaps for the first snap. Then you're going to see both those guys come off and then maybe Brian Brzee and Malcolm Roach come on on third down. 
I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if you saw Colin Saunders and Malcolm Roach on the first snap as your starters, simply based on the fact that first and 10 against the Tennessee Titans, you have to expect a handoff to Derrick Henry, right? And Derrick Henry will run right up the middle on you. And so getting those two guys that can go out there and plug the run a bit, definitely no no bad decision in that. But Nathan Shepard, of course, the guy that can be very disruptive for you in the run game as well. So I look at both of them as being guys that could potentially have that immediate impact, but in terms of the, or have that immediate start, but in terms of the rookie, I still think you're going to see a lot of snaps from Brian Brzee. He's a guy that's going to see the field often. You might see him on third downs, for instance, rotate in for Nathan Shepard, kind of be that interior pass rusher that could be super disruptive in that passing game. Uh, that can get into uh, the backfield and wreak some havoc, that can also get some of that penetration in the run game as well and get some plays uh, in there, some you know tackles for a loss, whatever that might be. So I expect that Brian Brzee will be the rookie with the greatest impact to start off the New Orleans Saints 2023 campaign. And that might not just be week one, that might be week two against the Carolina Panthers. That might be week three against the Green Bay Packers when you've got two young quarterbacks uh, with you know, healthy backfields that are going to lean on getting the ball out of that quarterback's hand and into the hands of the running back, lean on establishing their run game, all of those things. That's where I could see Brian Brzee really, really having that early impact over the course of perhaps the first quarter of the season. Now, I mentioned that two rookies drafted close together couldn't be more dissimilar from one another. So let's look at defensive end Isaiah Foskey. Here's the reality with Isaiah Foskey. He is the fifth Defensive end on the roster behind Cam Jordan, Carl Granderson, Tano Pasnio, and then of course Peyton Turner, all four of which have produced very, very well over the course of this season. There's a chance here that Isaiah Foskey is actually inactive for the first week of the year. The Saints will have to carry inactive players, Traquan Smith expected to be one of them, Landon Young potentially another. But what are you really going to do in terms of? carrying a fifth defensive end. We saw this a lot early on in the year or throughout the year last year with Peyton Turner as well. Isaiah Foskey is a guy that really started to turn the corner a little bit during that third preseason game, but hasn't fully shown consistently that he's arrived. Um, This week of practice could be huge for exactly that, but otherwise he could end up being inactive. And I wouldn't panic if that's the case. It doesn't mean that it was a wasted draft pick. It doesn't mean that he's a bust. We've never gotten to see the guy in NFL regular season action, so we'll chill on any on any of those types of labels or any of those types of judgments. It's just simply a numbers game. Are you going to keep five active defensive ends, or are you just going to keep the four, and then you have to make six players inactive anyway, so you get the opportunity to do that with him? So we'll see exactly how the Saints go about that one, but don't be surprised if Isaiah Foskey is inactive and a healthy scratch, but again, it doesn't mean that he's doing poorly. It could just be a numbers game. If he does get the opportunity to be out there, then expect him to be a guy that they rotate in as a third down situational pass rusher. That's kind of the role that we saw him have in that third preseason game. It worked really well for him. So that would be the role that he would have. Um, Kendra Mill is another one that could end up being inactive during the first game of the regular season, but that's going to come down to the injury. Um, He has the hamstring injury right now. He's already dealt with the knee injury that he came into the NFL with that he re-aggravated during that first preseason game. He's dealt with a couple of other things, TMJ and lockjaw, face laceration. You can't hold those things against them at all. Um, 
So he's going to be really interesting to watch, but this week of practice is what's really going to mean the most for Kendra Miller. The Saints certainly could use him, though, because there's a massive opportunity for him ahead with Alvin Kamara out the first three games. If Kendra Miller ends up being inactive or unable to play, you're going to expect one way or another, right? Whether he's active or inactive for Jamal Williams to be the bell cow back, the guy with the most carries, 20 plus carries, all of that. But expect a guy like Kirk Merritt to get mixed into the passing game, a guy like uh, Jordan Mims to potentially be elevated, Tony Jones Jr. to potentially be elevated to help out in the special teams realm and all of those other things. And so there will be lots of opportunities there for some of those other running backs if Kendra Miller is unable to go. Um, Nick Saldaveri, the offensive lineman that was drafted, uh, this is where we start to kind of turn. Oh, I said I was going to do the the players with the three most, um, the, 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 the three players with the most snaps, and then I jumped to Isaiah Foskey. I'm sorry. Uh, well, let me go ahead and add in then to keep that, that, that train of thought going, A.T. Perry. Um, A.T. Perry, I think, probably gets the second most amount of snaps if Kendra Miller is inactive. Uh, and gets those opportunities. He's going to help out on special teams, but he's also going to be somebody that they can bring in when they want to maybe go into that red zone formation where you can have a Michael Thomas, Jimmy Graham, A.T. Perry, these jump ball guys all on the field at the same time. If Shaq Davis were an elevated player, you could expect him to do the same thing. So much like Isaiah Foskey, I could see him having a more specialized role, but maybe not mixed in as much, especially considering you know on a, a standard between the 20s situation especially considering the way that you can move around Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Rashid Shahid. But if you want to extend Michael Thomas here, you could potentially rotate a guy, guys like Keith Kirkwood and A.T. Perry into his spots every now and then just to keep him off the field for maybe running downs or something like that a little bit. You don't want to do that so much that it becomes a tell when Michael Thomas is on the field. Thomas is also a really good perimeter blocker, but they could pick those moments to make sure that they're keeping their guy as healthy as possible. Um, all right, so I mentioned the two guys that could potentially be inactive the first game. That, of course, is Kendra Miller, as well as Nick Saldaveri. Um, the special teams player that I think, or the player that I think can get a lot of snaps on special teams, along with Isaiah Foskey, by the way, if he's if he's active, uh, would be Jordan Howden, the safety. Um, Jordan Howden's probably going to get some first team opportunities as well, first team, some, 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 some defensive opportunities as well. He'll get some chances to be out on the field because he's the guy that can play that third big nickel spot for you or play a deep safety role while Tyron Matthew folds down to play that big nickel role. And so that three safety look can definitely be one that we see early on right away. We saw it a bunch during the preseason and a bunch during training camp as well. And then finally, I'll wrap up with the two guys that are going to be there for very specific purposes. Nick Saldaveri, the offensive lineman out of ODU, he'll be a depth player. Uh, don't expect him to ru- to uh, kind of rotate in a bit. The big thing is going to be, is it James Hurst at left guard or Andrews Pete at left guard? And then who's the sixth offensive lineman out of the two of them uh, out of the fold of that? And then finally, Jake Hayner, who becomes the emergency third quarterback on game day, meaning he won't count against the 60, the 46 man active roster, but instead will be a 47th man. He'll be able to dress all those other things, but can't do anything except for be the emergency quarterback should the first two quarterbacks go down with injury. So that gets us to a new bit when it comes to the active roster or the game day roster for the NFL. So let's break that down because that that's not the only change when it comes to uh, what the active roster might look like. So we're going to take a look at the differences between the regular season and the preseason and what you should expect on game day. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Our partners over at eBay Motors have paired up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you the best fantasy football advice every single week, all season long. So whether you're prepping for your draft still, which you got to get that done this week, uh, or if you're taking a look at scouring the waiver wire, we're going to provide you with the players that are a guaranteed fit for your roster. So with draft prep still underway for this upcoming season, technically there's still time to get it done. Let's take a look at the final draft advice that we have for you as Vinny's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. If you need an undervalued running back that's going to be able to help you out in fantasy football and make sure your team gets the smoothest ride in 2023, you've got to look at second year Kansas City Chief Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco is the coaching staff favorite with his power running. And he's also quickly earned him that roster spot, even as a seventh round pick. The Chiefs saw uh, what he could do and the way that he could reel off those big runs. And he's been a real asset as well as a receiver when given the target. So expect Pacheco to have a shot at ample scoring, uh, end up playing off Patrick Mahomes. So lots of opportunities for him there. Vinny Iyer locked on fantasy football as well as Michelle Majuk are helping you win your fantasy football championships at eBay Motors knows that the championship team is all about players being the best fit. Same goes with your vehicle. With eBay guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride is running smoothly. You need air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shock struts, you name it eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure that it's the right fit for your vehicle because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you find exactly the part that you're looking for the first time, and they understand what it is that you need. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride just needs a little fixing up because now you'll always know that you're set up for success from the get-go. From the right parts and accessories to that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check mark, get the right, uh, right parts, the right fit, all at the right price over at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Motors guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's get it. Who that Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with some of the differences in terms of what you, you should expect going from the preseason into the regular season. So there's a couple different things. Schedule as well as the rosters. Let's talk about the rosters first, because that's some of the biggest changes, uh, but also some of the things that are going to be most impactful for you. And we've already kind of started to talk about some of those details already. So the Saints, just like every NFL team, have gone from 90-man rosters down to 53-man rosters, plus a 16-player practice squad. But not every single one of those players gets to play on game day. So here's how it all breaks out. In fact, not even all 53 active roster players get to play on game day. So here's the way that it actually ends up panning out. The bare bones detail is that instead of 53 players being able to be active for you and dressed out on game day, meaning that they have the opportunity to play, 46 do. So that's seven players difference that are always inactive on your uh, active roster going into your game day roster. So there's a designation. Your active roster is your 53-man roster. Your game day roster is the 46 that you dress out that are allowed to go out and play. Now, there are some caveats to that 46, but that's the, the, the foundation of where we start. The reason why this is the case is that it's effectively an equalizer. If a player has three, if a team has three injured players that they're carrying on their active roster, they should not have to go into a game with 50 players while the other team goes in with 53, 52 players. It's technically a competitive disadvantage or advantage in that case. And so therefore, 
you see the game day roster to where every team goes in with the same roster size no matter what. So that's why sometimes you see healthy inactives, healthy scratches. Sometimes it's not really about the player's talent. It's about, oh, okay, the team that we're going up against you know, this week is more of a running team. So therefore, we need to have bigger bodies. So we need these players to be active. And so we're going to make these players inactive that don't fit what we need this week or something like that, right? And sometimes you just have to make a hard choice to make sure you have the numbers where you need the numbers. So the Saints would then carry in 46 of their 53 players. But now here's where things get a little bit different. Not only do you get to carry in 46 players, you technically get a 47th player because your third quarterback on your 53-man roster no longer counts against your game day roster. So you really get a 47th player there. The trick is that that game day third quarterback that is not counted against your game day roster limit can't do anything except for be on the sideline and can only go out on the field if the first two quarterbacks go down with injury or are some or for some reason unavailable. You can't bench a quarterback and then put the third quarterback out. If something happens to your starting quarterback, you can't immediately go to your third quarterback. Your third quarterback can't be a Taysom Hill who's doing other stuff. The only thing that they can do is be the emergency quarterback that's called upon in an emergency circumstance in which the first two quarterbacks are down because of injury. That's it. This is effectively the Brock Purdy rule, the San Francisco 49ers rule in terms of what you saw last year during the playoffs where you had two quarterbacks go down with injury and then they were getting ready to put Christian McCaffrey out there, for instance, stuff like that. So that's what this is meant to combat, uh, but they can't do anything else. This is why Taysom can't be your third quarterback because Taysom does a bunch of other stuff. That can't be your guy. The last thing is that out of the 16-player practice squad, you can elevate two players from your uh, to your game day roster each week. So then that now takes the number of players that can suit up and play no matter what from 46 up to 48. This was a COVID rule change, and there were also COVID elevations in addition to the standard game day elevations, but the NFL has kept the standard game day elevations. So this might be a reason why you don't see guys like Jalen Smith or Shaq Davis or maybe an offensive lineman get actually elevated to the active roster, even if a player you know is injured, because you've got three games max to where you can elevate them as one of those two players to take your roster from a 46-man game day roster to a 48-man game day roster, and then technically 49, but then that quarterback, that's the only thing that they can do is be that emergency quarterback. So let's say that the Saints go into week one with Traquan Smith out um, and Landon Young out. The Saints could then say, okay, well, then we're going to elevate Tommy Kramer uh, to give us some interior depth, and then we're going to elevate Shaq Davis to get that extra wide receiver or Jalen Smith to get that extra linebacker back on the roster. They could do that and elevate each of those players individually three times before they have to make a decision about either letting them go or adding them to the active roster. So there's no rush to get that done. And you can protect players every Tuesday so that they can't be poached during the week. But there's always a window where a player can be signed off of your practice squad and onto another team's active roster, but they have to agree to that contract. It's not just, okay, you're a, you're a Green Bay Packer now. It doesn't work that way. So that's the way that the active roster or the game day roster is different as opposed to what you saw during the preseason where there were no inactives, which are always announced 90 minutes before the game, by the way. So that's why you see all of us, you know, share out on social media. Here are the seven players that are inactive today, all those things. And here are the two game day elevations, for instance, stuff like that. So that's a big change. The other big change is practice. Instead of the team effectively practicing four days, then getting a day off, four days, then getting a day off, which is kind of what the New Orleans Saints did, 
uh, this offseason, you're all you're going to see things be a little bit different. For instance, today's Monday. There's practice later on today. We'll head down to the facility once we get back to New Orleans. And then they'll have Tuesday off, which is the standard day off. And then you've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practices, Saturday walkthrough, and then the game on Sunday. That's for a usual Sunday schedule. If the team plays on a Saturday later on in the season, then things could back up a day. If they play on a Monday or when they have their Monday game, you can see things accelerate. And of course, when they play their Thursday game, you'll see things accelerate as well. So these are all things that that you know are changing in terms of what the, the season looks like. It's not as plentiful, the practices over the course, uh, like what you saw over the course of the preseason. It's going to be very different over the course of the regular season. So the updates are going to come at a different frequency Tuesday, Wednesday, or excuse me, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, most um most frequently being the big days that you'll see injury report, all that other stuff. And Friday is the day, the last day of practice, whatever that might be that week, is the day that you'll see the um the injury reports come out with game designations. This player's out, this player is questionable, this player is, you know, uh doubtful, whatever it might be. All right. So there's all your big differences going into the regular season. I'm very excited to be here with you for the regular season. It's officially week one, and I can't wait to keep it all going. Later on today, uh, I'll go live, give you all the practice updates, and then we're getting started with the hurry up as well as uh, the extra point as well to get you all of the biggest stories and get your questions asked as well. So if you've got questions, send them over to me so that I can incorporate them in throughout the week for our daily short form comment content, excuse me, that will be on the way for you. You ask, so I'm hoping to deliver. Appreciate you as always, y'all, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And thank you very much for making the show a part of your day, a part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.